0: Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves.
1: Hi. <laughs> when he's the uh, womp womp
0: womp. Womp womp womp. No, I'm, yeah. trying to, I'm trying to bring some, pos- bring some positivity today. <laughs> It's the uh, first home match week, so turn the page. We're moving on. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm drinking some water because it's warm in here. Right. Yeah, you know, hydrate. It's early in the week yet, so I feel like uh, we're not we're not there yet for the drinks. So
0: fair. Got to hydrate up for the weekend for sure. Chris, what yeah. you got there? I got the uh,
2: strawberry melon spark Mountain Dew rise.
1: Oh, you have a strawberry Ooh. beer, too, don't you? No, nah, this is
2: definitely not a beer. This is the oh. energy drink.
1: Oh. Mountain Dew
0: Rise. Ooh, getting some of that energy ready. I am drinking a lovely barrel-aged strawberry sour. Not It's a, not an IPA day today. It's a <laughs> nice, refreshing beverage day today. Uh, and we got a fun one. Um, we have our uh, first guest of the year, and a, a pretty big one. Uh, so... Uh, if you're listening to this on the um, podcast version, uh, if we have time at the end, we might do some recaps, and we'll drop it right here. Just kind of thoughts about Lou City, um, dodgy penalty, and a a goal that I think if I tried to score that goal, it would happen once out of every one million mm-hmm. times. Um, yeah, and, and I think it was interesting when he brought up, "Hey, taking a look at that coach's tape, uh, and kind of seeing it in a in a way." Um, that we don't normally see, and it reminded me. Um, I went to the Orange County game on Saturday, and it kind of reminded me that when you see it in person, you pick up on way more than you would yeah. watching on USL. They, mm-hmm. as good as they are with their camera angles and such, you miss like two thirds of the action and and how the team flows and how the team works together. And I think it's going to be a, a, a. I have a feeling that this weekend is hopefully going to be some some positive energy. And actually see how the team works so when we see it on tv we're like oh okay i remember this i remember that uh, and it's so hard to judge when you're watching you know someone editing it for entertainment purposes as opposed to what's our back line doing right now while the ball is crossing midfield um but
1: yeah i mean we had that perspective well i did for a few matches last year you know while it was closed and then you towards the end of the season showing up and it's like what what Andrew said. Like it's a completely different perspective when you're there and, and hearing things going on and seeing more of the pitch. So, I guess I'm excited for that too. Um, fingers crossed I get approved <laughs> for for passes because I don't I do have tickets. But I'm uh, yeah we'll see we'll see how to go how oh, Saturday. Sorry, my back is killing me right now. How uh, Saturday will go. Um,
0: Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah,
1: I was just going to mention the fluke goal. Like Mm. that's how you know that things are just not going our way. Like in terms of, I mean, it's, that's the simplest way to say it, but it's just like, of course that happened. Like, of course, everything else, you know, we're making adjustments. Things are, you know, maybe improving, but you know, the, it just, you know, it's not meshing the way we want to right now. And, um, you know, I, I really wasn't surprised that we didn't win. I guess it was more so how it happened because it wasn't like this completely dominating, like goals that like actually made us lose, you know? So, I mean, maybe the play on the field was dominant in the second half, but not overall. That was just my assessment, but I did not watch it a second time. So I don't have a Thoughts over watching it live because I was I was kind of heated to, to want to watch that again. Uh, what do you think, Chris?
2: Um, I mean, I just try to think about all the matches, like, for what they were. I mean, like, watching the Tacoma match and just thinking about these are kids. I mean, you could see it in, in like, their heights. Like, these are kids that were just... Mm -hmm. just so connected. Then watching, just watching, because I've watched them all like a second or even a third time if I wanted to really pinpoint something. And I mean, this City match, it's like, you know, they came together. I mean, they played a better club, hands down. I mean, it's Mm
3: -hmm. just
2: like when you played Phoenix, you know that the team is really good and you know that you're going to have to have very few mistakes because any one mistake you make these teams will punish you, and mm-hmm. I think that that was seen. Um, I just think that I wonder what I wonder what it was like from a player's perspective. I know that Hackworth was on Twitter and he posted his thoughts about it, um, but I just wonder like what that locker room is like right now. Because I mean, they're coming into each match trying to do just enough, and you know the result the result just shows what it shows, right? I mean, like, maybe mm-hmm. maybe they created more chances and still lost. Maybe they shored up the back line and still lost. You know, maybe they moved the ball from, you know, the low position to the high position through the midfield. Maybe they were trying to get that and they lost. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, we're going to have to look beyond the results. I mean, I think that's what, what we're learning from four matches. And, you know, and yeah, the professionals, but professionals have bad days. They have slumps. I mean, every sport you see it. So hopefully a home match is going to do it. I mean, hopefully a home match is going to be like, hey, that's a good energy. You guys got to create kind of like a fortress there. It's got to be a hard place to play uh, for the other team. If it's mm-hmm. neutral, it's not going to help. So it's like, I mean, people got to like just lose their minds and you know, I mean, then we'll see, like, we'll see what it looks like after this match. I mean, if it's, if the home crowd doesn't make a difference, then really it just comes down to what's, what's the vibe in the locker room.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think when you go to Louisville, you know, most, most teams I love that you guys say it,
1: we haven't Louisville. said it yet. Louisville.
0: Um, <laughs> I think when you go to Louisville as, you know, outside of maybe a handful of teams in the USL, you're already operating on razor thin margins to get a victory at Louisville um traditionally um LOL, LOL. LOL. i think i'm gonna get i think it's gonna get LOL as it goes as it goes further but i, I <laughs> so just you just the episode right lol <laughs> lol lol
1: lol, LOL, at LOL. <laughs>
0: um i think you're operating on razor thin margins already and a two one scoreline where there wasn't like a goal that like beat you, beat you like an open play.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it's just one of those things that soccer is a cruel sport that you can dominate a team like Tacoma and still lose. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. say they dominated. Low. Um, <laughs> I think, I think they played a good enough game to get a draw, but outside of, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's a penalty because they called a penalty. Like we can debate it all we want, but in the, it, the ref called a penalty, so it's a penalty. Uh, and then that second goal, you know, it, those things happen when things aren't going your way. And I think you can kind of chalk it up to that and turn the page. It's not like you got, it's not like the Phoenix match where you went in and just got outplayed by a better team and lost. You went kind of toe to toe with. And you Mm -hmm. did enough to keep them off the scoreboard and open play. And, you know, a a hustle play on their part, pops the ball up. It takes a lucky bounce brew agrees and you end up losing. And I I think that there is, I think if that happens in isolation, it's just like, ah, well shit that happened. Let's move on. But I think being the fourth loss, it just got, it's, it's getting heavier and heavier. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what my goal is uh, and what I hope that most loyal supporters are where their mentality is right now is we need to show up on Saturday, Saturday, like it's game one, like hard reset. Let's give the boys some good energy. Let's sing, let's drum, let's be supportive of them. Like it's nil, like we're we're starting out brand new season. Oh, oh, and Oh, uh, and let's get a really good win and let's kind of reset the season Give a little bit of a clear and, you know, bring the the team back to life. Because, I mean, starting six out of seven games on the road, traveling 9000 miles to start your season is tough under any circumstances. You find you're up against an RGV that at home has, you know, they beat New Mexico, they beat San Antonio and they beat us. I mean, it's it's not like they're they're three and O is against, you know, bad teams. Uh, that's that's a legitimate club i think as far as they're going to fight for a playoff spot. uh tacoma legitimate uh, team. two in, i mean two wins. And, and, and another match maybe some of those shots go in and it's a, you know you're not you're not chasing the game at the end to give up that last goal and you only let in two and you win 3 to 2 or you win 3 to 1 the opposite way. so i i I know that there's some upsetness, and I don't want to get into creating like, oh, well, we're just making excuses. I think there's legitimate reasons why the team is losing, and we can point to those things in each match. And it's unfortunate, but it's the truth. And it's our reality that we've lost four in a row, but we lost four row games in a row. And I think Chris is right. Let's make this home game matter and let's show up and give the boys some love. Um, you know, maybe Landon's gonna sit in the supporters section because he's not gonna be on the touchline. Um, you know, and or he's gonna be up in the, the booth with you know Shannon and Jack. Like, let's just go out, let's have a good time, let's let's bring the family together again. Uh let's cheer our boys on and let's you know reset our season and hopefully this is the start of a uh four game win streak instead.
1: Yeah. You said it. <laughs> Marissa, did try to get that
2: interview with landed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's he's uh not gonna be on the pitch. So possible. Um I think you know, we don't need to go into last week or the last four weeks and and like like Andrew said, we are very optimistic and we're trying to I mean, I think that's how I am. I don't know about you guys, but um uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this match and Hopefully, seeing some changes um, in the win column,
0: So Yeah, it's going to be a much different Vegas team. Last year, it was all about chaos, and I mean, they're the team that shot for goal on the opening kickoff. Um, mm-hmm. Winalda's not there anymore. Uh, they've been sending six to eight lonies down per match. Um, they're they're still a quasi-dangerous team in the sense that you know you're playing a youth team. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like they're decent on attack, but Um, give up lots of goals so hopefully this cures our um, our goal scoring ills and it's not like we haven't scored zero right it's not like we're getting shut out Um, hopefully Jack Blake scores another banger that goal is phenomenal that goal is angry that goal is angry that was an angry goal
1: he's like don't even give me high five let's go I
0: was I was there for that I think that's what we need we need angry goals right now we just need to punish the back of the net Um, Mm -hmm. like you know, it is. We're John Wick, and the net stole. Uh, the net killed our dog. Right. That's how angry we got to be with the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know kickoff is at seven um, yeah. thirty at Grandma's house uh, against Las Vegas. Uh, I know locals and Chavos are doing a get together. So check um, uh, the day before. Check out social medias for it's that my stuff. Birthday. It's Marissa's birthday. <laughs> uh, so give her some love oh. on the inter interwebs. It's Marissa's birthday week. Parent, 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 parent. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Marissa, do you guys want to do score predictions, or are we? Uh- no. Ooh. I'm good. Yeah, let's do it,
2: Alan. Come on. Uh, Go
0: ahead. I'm three no
1: Whoa.
2: Uh, three nil.
0: No. San Diego. Yeah. You swear. I'm going to go 1-0. By the moon and the stars and the sun, that's what I swear. Alright, You
1: guys peer pressured me.
0: 1-0 San Diego.
1: 2-1 oh, San Diego.
0: Alright. Um,
1: cool.
0: Yeah, I think we're... I think that's it. Um, yeah. We're going to move on to... Uh, you'll hear the... On the podcast, you'll hear the Andrew Vasiliadis. Flip. Uh, <laughs> interview right now lovely guest uh he was phenomenal last time we had him on and uh we wanted to get him in to kind of celebrate our kickoff uh week for our first home game and I'd like to welcome in mr andrew Vasiliotis. how are you Hello. doing today
3: i'm i'm well i'm well good to see you all how you been
0: good i mean you know school year <laughs> wrapping up and getting ready for summer so I found my shorts today, so that was a nice nice addition to the wardrobe. <laughs> Who makes
3: the sour you're you're drinking?
0: Uh it's modern times. Um, um, it's an older one. Um we've had it in our fridge for a minute. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a void or something. It's sparkly. So it's have extra had, sour.
3: Have you had a Lost Abbey's uh red poppy?
0: I have not had that one yet. Um Ooh, it's on a list, but is that, does that get the, the AV nod of approval?
3: Absolutely. The problem is, is I can't find it ever.
0: <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> I will have to keep my eye out for it. And when I see it, I will definitely message you. Um, so it's been about a year since we had you on, maybe 13 months. Um, tell us about what the like, past year has been like for you, um, specifically as the owner, but also just kind of what's life been like for you the past year?
3: <laughs> uh, like, like everybody it's been, a, it's been a trying year. Um, we all got to experience something that most people won't get to experience an empty stadium with, with live soccer. Um, that experience in itself was surreal. I didn't really understand how much I would feel the emotion on the field without this, without the crowd there. It was almost a little bit too much for me in those first couple of games. Um, uh, and it's something I look forward to when we get back to having fans, it's just the feeling of the crowd instead of just the feeling of the coaching staffs yelling at the players. <laughs> um, after the season was over, I got it, I got a little time to unwind. I I finally figured out how wound up I was. Actually, after that first month after the season was over, I turned to my wife and apologized and said, Whoa, that was a little that was a little intense there at the end. <laughs> um once that was over, it then felt like the longest off season that you could possibly imagine. Um, I knew we were coming back. That wasn't the issue. The issue was, is we were going to start later than we normally would. And so it was just this prolonged period of, of nothing. I mean, we're working on the back end and, and everything like that, but there was no practices to attend, you know, just that feeling of, of having the matches around you was gone. Um, so that was tough, but then we got consumed with building the roster. And the coaching staff had a list of guys that they wanted to execute on. And we did our best to get everything, everybody they were trying to get. Um, then finally, you know, New, Year roll, New Year's rolls around and it's time for training camp. And then that feeling of soccer is back just hit me and I couldn't be down there enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and that rolls into preseason where we are today. I can talk forever. I could have spent the whole hour with that. So that was probably the shortest version. <laughs>
0: that, was, that was nice. <laughs> We, um, this was the first loyal off season uh, officially. I know there's like a preseason and that kind of counts. But uh, what lessons did you learn this past off season?
3: I think we're I think we're learning those lessons right now. Right. Um, one of the things that that I will definitely take away from this off season is that one year doesn't propagate to the next year. Um, there's a lot of turnover in the USL, not only on our own roster but on every other roster. So you can't do some of the things that you do in other sports where you look at the season before it's about to start and go, okay, there's a win, there's a loss, there's a win. Um, I think all three of you probably thought we we're going to go to RGB and win that one. I know I thought that, you know, and then what happens? New coaching staff, new roster, different group of guys that are down there than what you would have seen the year before. Um, so that is the lesson that I think is the biggest one for me is that not only do you have to think about the construction of your own roster, you really have to pay attention to what the other groups are doing. Um, so you really know what you're going into. Um, some teams kind of throw a wrench in that. You can think of uh, Las Vegas. They seem to see, send different guys out to Vegas. <laughs> so I don't really know what we'll see when we face a team like that. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely uh, a big one. Um, without getting into specifics, because it's not right, um, there was a player that I thought we had and I got kind of braggadocious it, privately about it. Um, and I will learn never to do that until the the ink is dry. Uh, we did not end up getting that player. Um, and I'm, I was upset about it. Um, so overall very successful off season. I think if you look at, you know, the pundits that are out there that we appreciate that talk about the USL, I heard from other coaching staffs, man, you guys had a hell of an off season. Um, and that's how I felt about
0: it. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't disagree with that one. The, especially that last comment. I think everyone around the league was very hyped about a lot of the names that that showed up, and I think a lot of people in town were also very excited. Uh, Marissa.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's definitely um, you know for you. I think you kind of embody the. Emotions that we also have as fans and podcasters, and you know, we're looking at every single aspect. So, um, what, um, I guess my you know, now that we're looking at opening up again <laughs> on Saturday, um, what and, and you being at the game, and we all felt that I think we've talked about March 7th, 2020, a lot and there was a lot of different emotions. Um, what does this weekend mean to you? Like, how are you feeling about the weekend coming up?
3: <laughs> I, you know, I, I put a tweet out on Sunday cause I was watching the PGA Championship and just watching those people rally around Phil and the energy that they brought to the golf course that day was just so phenomenal. And that's what I'm gonna look forward to. So before I got into this business, you guys know I was DJ and stuff and it's, mm-hmm. I, I realize I've always enjoyed entertaining people and put something putting something on for people to come come and enjoy. And what last year taught me loud and clear was never take your fans for granted. Whether the stadium's completely full, or there's a smattering of people, they're there because they care and they want to support you. And I will never, never ever lose sight of that after what we went through last year. Um, So really this first match back and the second one is really an opportunity for us to celebrate the season ticket holders. Those Mm -hmm. of you that said, I'm committed to you. I'm staying with you. Or those of you that said, you know what? I didn't commit in 2020, Mm -hmm. but I'm really excited about 2021. Um, It's about you and thanking you. Um, There was an opportunity as the state was, you know, wrestling with how they were going to reopen things. uh, They gave the guidelines on stadiums that, you could go 25%, but then you could bump up to 33% if you do vaccinated sections plus uh, testing, uh, you know, prove 48 or 72 hours of a a negative test and you could get up to 33%. And Warren and the group brought it to me and I thought about it and I said, you know what? No, let's 25% is about our season ticket fan base. Let's honor those people, allow them to experience it and make sure that that experience is the best that it could be, so that when we open up on six one nine for everybody, that we're not having, you know, we're not stumbling over ourselves. We want it to be as clean as possible. So mm-hmm. we want to honor those season ticket members, take care of them, um, and give them that experience, and say thank you.
1: That's a that's a beautiful way to honor those that have been loyal. Yes, I did say it uh, this great. whole time. Uh, I think uh, you know you mentioned DJing, and uh, Chris I think has a specific question about yeah, that. Yeah,
2: definitely, <laughs> definitely got that one. Um, like, what, what you know, with things kind of opening up, and as you just kind of mentioned, you know, wanting to give you know the fans like a, a unique experience. I mean, have you been kind of working on your your cut selections as far as like a <laughs> as, as far as a DJ show goes? I mean, you know. If you think about it, Vegas had their little shindig too, but I mean, like, how how is there a possibility that after the matches are over, you know, that things can kind of pan over to you and it could just be a party?
3: <laughs> I, I would be lying if I said that hasn't been discussed. Um, so I, I have to be very careful about that, right? I'm not doing it. I would never want to do it in a scenario where it becomes, look at me. You know what I mean? I, I got to do it in the right way, the right fit. Maybe it's in the locals' tailgates before before the game. Maybe I hit that up and do something. So it's got to be the right fit for me to do it. Um, with that being said, one of the companies that I used to work with when I was DJing downtown is called Sleeping Giant, um, and they have a great roster of local DJs, and those are the guys that we use uh, during the during the matches at USD. So – Um, They were there March 7th. They weren't there obviously when stuff closed down last year, Uh, but we will bring, we will be bringing back those guys. So there's going to be somebody cutting it up. No matter what.
2: I just want to know what cuts you have for us though.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, I want to know
2: what you specifically were like, Oh, I'm going to, this is one of the one I'm going to bring out this in my tote bag. This is the one (laughs) I need to know. I need to know what cuts you got.
3: Oh boy. Well, so I, I, I was a house DJ. Um, so it's, it's definitely gonna be a house mix for me. Um, on the spot, I gotta go. I gotta go. Duck sauce, Barbara, Barbara Streisand. because okay. Everybody kind of knows that one. Uh, it's a good starting place. Um, eight eight track heads will roll. So it's, it's one of the best remixes of that original track. Um, yeah, those are at least two. But I will. I I can. I'll run down a playlist if you want. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. Alan would like to throw that in the show notes. And I'm buying vinyl, so I'm trying to do
0: that, too.
3: There's some Chromeo in there for sure. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Okay.
0: Um, Speaking of some new additions, um, DeAndre Yedlin joins as a supporting owner. A couple questions. What is that? There was some debate about what a supporting owner is. So that's the first question. Uh, and what what are we hoping that he brings to the club as an owner and as a person who's very vocal about social justice issues?
3: Yeah, so um, he's an investor. So there, there are a group of investors that have invested in the club outside of myself. Uh, nobody is financially committed in the same way that I am, but there, there are others that are involved. So after the, the awful things that happened at the end of last year, uh, Deandre reached out. Uh, I think he reached out to Landon if I'm not mistaken and just said, Hey, I hear, you know, I saw what happened. I saw the stance the club took. I'm very impressed. Um, I've been talking to my agent recently about getting involved with the soccer club and I think I found the right fit. Mm -hmm. Um, that led, that led Landon obviously to having him contact us. Um, when I spoke to Deandre, I I may be getting the story wrong, so I'll let him correct me if I am. Um, both his parents or his grandparents, sorry, helped both LGBTQ and civil rights. I think one of the grandparents walked in civil rights, and I think they helped home um, some homosexual people. Um, so he said from the minute that he saw what we were doing, this was the right angle to take. This was the club took the right stance, and these are the people that I want to be around. Um, now, I don't know if you saw his video. I'm sure you guys did. He loves San Diego. It's his favorite city outside of Seattle. He's a Seattle boy, uh, born and raised. Um, and that kind of leads me into your second part of that question. Um, initially, I thought he's he's into fashion. He's trying to launch his own fashion brand so he can help out with some T-shirt designs and stuff like that. But and he said, that's great. I'll help you with that. Um, but really, what I, what I see him helping out is with Loyal Select, right? I don't think he's going to come down and coach the group or anything, but DeAndre Yedlins is, is Seattle's first homegrown player that, from Seattle that made the first team. And then we all know what he went to go on to do after that. So just his ability to communicate to those kids what it takes, how you do it, you know, all of those things um, that's, that's another asset I think we have. I mean, Landon can do that all day. But DeAndre is just another person that can come in and say, hey, this is how I did it. This is what it takes. All those kinds of qualities. Um, and then we have a saying that goes in the front office that extends to our group of investors. Best idea wins. I don't care if you're the minimal investor or you're just as close to me in, in the amount of money. If you got a great idea, you're right. up. You're, you know, let's hear it. So we're going to maximize DeAndre's potential in any way that we can as he continues playing in his career, we'll support him in doing that. Obviously he can't be as available as he would like to be in those scenarios. When he's done playing, whenever that may be, um, then we hope to have him here and working with us and, and just making this club the best that it could be.
1: Yeah. Well, we look forward to that too. <laughs> we'll see if there's, uh, you know, I mean, especially you mentioned Loyal Select. So I think that's exciting to hear You know, I know we talk about that a lot on our podcast about how that will hopefully, you know, bring up through over the years, uh, you know, how we play, at least in the beginning of the season. So speaking of that, (laughs) how hard um, has it been watching the last four weeks, knowing that you have to trust the system, knowing that the, the result is not what we want or what the fans are. Maybe expecting, shouldn't have expectations, but we do. Um, You know, how hard has that been the last four
3: weeks for you? So, so, uh, Landon and I were talking last night, and he said, Andrew, we can talk about it, but you have no idea how heavy this weighs on me with the players. Like, I feel like I'm letting them down. You know, we need to be doing better. And I said, I know exactly how you feel, but it's not with the players, it's with the fans. Um, mm-hmm. I probably spend a little too much time on social media and I see the good and the bad. Um, but at the end of the day, I am I also have to remind myself that I'm so happy that we have some, something to complain about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. While, we didn't have any soccer. There wasn't right. anything to celebrate. There wasn't anything to, you know, there weren't, there no weren't, sports. Troll, <laughs> there weren't troll accounts. There weren't yeah. all that stuff. I, I wasn't, I wasn't living rent free in people's brains. Um, <laughs> And now we're here. And now there's something to care about. And like you said, trust the process. We're working. You know, Am I happy with how it started? Absolutely not. Um, what I find interesting, though, you know, I try to find ways to keep things in perspective. We went 0-3 in a part of season one. But it just happened a little later. We had the home opener. We tied. We go to Tacoma. We get the win. We shut down. We come back. We get a win and then boom, boom, boom. It just feels different this year because of where it's placed right now. Mm -hmm. So it is a lot more of having to trust the process because we cannot panic. I cannot go around right now and just fire coaching staff and reorganize the organization. That is not what works. And I understand I may be green in my leadership role in sports, but I always try to look at other businesses or other other places that are successful and emulate what they do. And in this scenario, even though I don't like bringing up their name or talking about this club, I think of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a place where coaches stay and they believe, and they trust in those coaches and they allow them to fail. Landon Donovan is in his second year as a coach. He is an amazing player, amazing player, but he's going to make some mistakes and he's going to struggle. And it's my job to support and work through that with him. We cannot allow to mistakes to happen over and over and over again. Um, so we need to correct some things there. But I'm the fool if I'm the, making the one with the new GX reactions right now. Now, this continues stuff goes bad. We evaluate, and we assess, and we make bigger decisions. But right now, we have to look at where we are and what we've done. Um, until RGV played again. Um, you know this weekend the teams that we had faced hadn't lost the match. Phoenix is what it is. We knew that was going to be a battle and we lose that one. The next two is where we go, whoa, wait a minute, what happened there? And then and then we go last week and and play a great Louisville team. But if you look at the performances throughout, you see us building on things. And you also, I don't want to sit here and try to make excuses, but we also should not we should not look past the fact that Grant and going down and then a guy who you, you you guys didn't get to see much of, but Josh Yarrow goes down after that. You take two of your top defenders, Josh Yarrow before, uh, in that match before he gets his injury in the first half was 27 for 27 playing out the back. Mm-hmm. We have issues playing out of the back right now. you know. And I think if we get some of those players back, we add on what we're doing, we will clean it up and get better. Um, one of the benefits that I get to do is uh, all the stadiums in the USL, have uh, these two cameras it's called Speedio and they're stitched together and it gives you the whole view of the field. And so after every match I give myself 24 48 hours depending on what it was to you know relax and then I go watch that coach's film. And when you watch the coach's film, it tells a different story than what some of the score lines tell. Um, you know, Tacoma, we go out and we set records for most crosses into the box, most short, most shots taken in a game. Um, But we don't win. And soccer is one of those sports where you can lead in every every statistical category um, and still lose. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's it's for me, it's not panic. It's assess what we have. Are we getting better? um, And then do we need to fill in around it? You know, what can we do to help the coaching staff execute what they're trying to execute?
1: Well said. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris.
2: Right on. Check it out. I was shuffling looking for my snacks here. I got the Pringles, um, you know, because this wouldn't be this wouldn't be a FairPod pod show without talking about food. So I got <laughs> the next question. And actually, I have a, sm- a little bit more of a serious one after that. But the first one is you've been home for the last four weeks. So obviously you've gotten really good at match day spreads. I want to know. Maybe one thing that had to be on your table or in your lap as you watch those matches.
3: <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so I can't I can't claim I made it myself. Uh, but if you guys know Cecil's Meat Market over off of Morena, they make the most killer French onion dip. So their French mm-hmm. onion dip with some ruffles has been my go-to. Okay. Yeah, and they also just, make a really good guac, but that was just, just basic community.
2: ruffles, or did you have like a flavor on the oh, ruffles?
3: No. no, no, no. OG ruffles, basic with their French onion dip at Cecil's is phenomenal.
2: Okay, so then let's transition that question to the stadium's opening. I'm assuming that you kind of know a little bit of what is being offered for concessions. Is there maybe an item that you're kind of interested in sinking your teeth into?
3: Actually, I got to be honest, I have not. I have not dove into that. Uh, Ricardo would have a better answer for you there. Um, what I do know is that um, it is going to be a condensed version of menus that you saw, that you guys got to see a couple times. Um, our whole philosophy with it is, we have to be smart and we have to be turning stuff over because we still have to work on distancing and all that. So we can't have people crowding up waiting for, you know, breakfast burritos to be handmade. Um, So, so we will, we will get food out efficiently. Um, Hopefully we don't have too many stumbling blocks. I know the last three days of last week, we were training some new people to get everything ready to go. Um, USD is still a little understaffed. So we've kind of taken on more responsibility. So it's more people that we've hired to run the facility, which I think is a positive thing because we can make sure that we train them in the right way and they're reflecting the values of the club. Um, so, yeah, so I couldn't give you a specific item, um, but I'm, I'm curious to see what they whip up um, myself. I
2: mean, I'm hoping that Alan's favorite winger has a wing back on the menu, like some wings, <laughs> you know, some wing baskets, if you will. Um, my,
3: so- uh, the Metcalf basket? Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean you never know, but it could be right. It could be. Um um and then real quick, you know, like just to kind of add to that comic value, and I know that Alan's got a specific love for this particular next question, but I have to know when we could expect the Landon Donovan, fuck yeah, NFT.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man, I feel so old. I'm still trying to wrap my head NF, wrap my head around NFTs. There's a great meme or like a paragraph from a Reddit that was that described it perfectly the other day. I mean, look, at um, some
2: of your DJ music behind him, a little digital art movie, and like the owners. There's only like 50 owners of this of this digital NFT. You know,
3: it's so weird. All that stuff is so crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I just heard today that Charlie bit my finger video sold for $750,000 NFT. I'm
3: like, for something that you don't own, and the person who sold it to you didn't own either. You know, like, it's like, it's a really interesting space.
2: <laughs> I mean, everyone's trying to own a piece of that, that, um, gift that's out there. So, I mean, I just figured y'all yeah, better like figure out how to make that one work for you. <laughs>
3: I know every every social media team loves to use it. So we might as well get some money off of it. Right. Right.
1: Sure. (laughs) I don't disagree.
0: That's right. (laughs) Um, So this question came up in some discussions um, with several other podcasters. Um, As far as the preseason and access to preseason matches, I know this year was a little bit different. Is that kind of the plan going forward with uh, preseason? Or is that more to do with like COVID restrictions, player safety? We want to make sure we get through that preseason with everyone uh, healthy and ready to play?
3: The answer is yes to all of that. It's, there is, there wasn't, there wasn't one reason why they weren't broadcast Um, early on. It seems like the coaching staff wants to keep things a little bit more private and early on, it's not even a traditional game. There's like 40 missing 40 minute session here. And then it's a completely different group here. Um, But with all that being said, I want to figure out a way for us to get it to you. Um, One of the issues why we don't broadcast it down there is just the overall cost that it would take. Um, The Chula Vista Elite Training Center is a phenomenal facility, but the infrastructure for the internet access, the power, everything that we need down there to do it legitimately. Like, I don't want to stand there with my phone on Periscope, you know, doing that kind of a thing for you guys. Like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. and then the other part of it was the last part you touched on, you know, Chula Vista, you know, is still very, very adamant about keeping it closed, not bringing people down there, that kind of stuff. USD was hesitant because they finally got kids back on campus and they weren't willing to open up to, you know, just the public walking on. Um, so it was half a dozen of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, is it my status quo to keep that stuff private from you? Absolutely not. And that's why I was trying to do my best to at least drop some sort of tweet on what I saw and what I was trying to give you was this 38 year old high school coach's soccer opinion on what he was seeing, right? I'm not downloading with the coaches to tell you, tell them what I think I should say or anything like that. I even got in trouble for one of my tweets that I put out for both players <laughs> and coaches. Um, so no, is it something that we want to keep from you? Absolutely not, but we need to execute it properly. And we not we got to make sure, especially after a very difficult financial year, um, that we're spending in the right ways,
0: and then I have a little bit of a fun, a more fun question. Yeah. Um, so outside of the Black Lives Matter kit, which I know that you had a hand in with the colors and the design, and you know, I think everyone can universally say that that was one of their favorite kits. What's your favorite piece of merch that Loyal put has put out so far, outside of those kits?
3: I love the Day of the Dead collection. Nice. The hat and just everything about it—it it being fan-made, the details mm-hmm. when you look in it and you see, you know, the different things here and there. I'm—I mm-hmm. that I think is probably the thing I'm the most proud of at the moment.
1: And uh, have we seen the uh, the last of new merch this season, or? What oh no,
3: I saw a new T-shirt today that you guys will see soon. So no, okay. there is new merch, and there, there will also be. Again, this is. We had a lot of grand ideas in year one, and all of that just screeching halt, <laughs> right? And so now year two, we're doing our best to phase those things back in. So we want to we want to be able to do different, you know, different collections of merch, whether it's a streetwear collection or it's honoring mm-hmm. a cause, whether it's Earth Day or you know our, our new partnership with the Chicano Federation. Like mm-hmm. there will be stuff that launches throughout the years. Um, uh, for example. The one thing I keep hearing, I want a golf shirt and I'm a golfer. I want a golf shirt too. Um, so that's coming. Like, and I've seen that in two different colors. So, you know, th- there's definitely stuff that is being worked on.
0: Good. I got a gift card burning a hole in my pocket and I'm waiting for that one special item to spend it on. <laughs> so that, that golf shirt might be it. Cause that's something I can wear to work when I'm teaching and like yeah. rep loyal. Whereas <laughs> like I show up in the stone brewery kit, they're maybe like Mr. Underwood. Right.
3: Okay. So, yeah, it's, can I, it's can very, I put in a request
1: on behalf yes, of all may. women? Absolutely, women. like a yeah. wine glass or something like.
3: Oh my god! Like I don't drink do beer,
1: love. and and I don't wear t-shirts. I don't. I mean, I wear jerseys. I mean, obviously, but <laughs> like I, am you know, something that's not like a fitted tee. Like maybe something like, okay, I'm gonna uh, pick up my wine glass with like a little, okay. you know, loyal thing. I or, like that. I mean, I drink champagne, but, like, I'll I'll go for the wine glass. That's fine.
3: You You'll know? put the champagne in the wine glass?
1: Yeah. I mean, I actually, my thing is actually champagne on ice at Bluefoot. So it's, like, a full glass of champagne with ice. So I call it champagne, so. <laughs>
2: Damn. You did, you did it. You did it.
1: I
0: can't believe you, but you
2: did what?
1: it.
0: That's I mean, stuff. if it has if it has some orange juice in it, and it's never ending, and it's also brunch, that's just perfection on a weekend. So I'm <laughs> I'm right there with you, Marissa, with that champagne weekends. The orange juice at the bottom. No,
1: just like juice
0: a, just bad. like this much orange juice, just like just, that yeah. much.
3: Just yeah.
0: Just <laughs> I want the whole thing orange juice. Um, uh,
2: so I, I got a question for you. I guess more of like a a, a uh, visionary type of question. But where would you like to see this club? in five years off the pitch you know obviously championships on the pitch but where would you like to see it you know
3: thank you i really appreciate that question um like like i said to you earlier i try to emulate other things that i that i appreciate and barcelona's mess km club means a lot to me and that's what i want this to be i've said it before scoring goals is great and that's objective number one create a great team create an exciting, uh, an exciting atmosphere at the game. Uh, but the second thing that this brand will do is be a vehicle for the community to get things done, both for the youth, for inner cities, for anything that we can do to make San Diego a better place. That is my goal with this club. Um, I, I probably will get in trouble for talking about this because nothing's set in stone, but for, I'll give you an example of of, of an opportunity right now. like. Um, have you ever heard of Junior Achievement? I know Alan probably knows all about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it.
3: Alan, no? No, he does. Okay, <laughs> no, no. So Junior Achievement um, is across the country, and it's a – I probably won't do a great job describing it. It's, it's a mock town that kids from kid, or like second or third grade all the way through high school get to go to, and they have to run the businesses that are in this facility and understand what it is to take out a loan what it is to pay your bills, all those kinds of things. So there's a junior achievement here in San Diego. Um, it's down uh, close by San Diego State. Instead of turning right to go to San Diego State off of Fishy, uh, Mission Gorge, Fairmont, you would go left and it's around there by, um, by that area. Um, and in there is Jack in the Box, Cox, Huber, uh, the, hu- <laughs> the airport, uh, city council, um, and these kids go in and they have to run the programs. And then on the other side of the building, it's for high schoolers and it's a little bit more advanced and the high schoolers go in and they're given a family and they have to take health insurance for the family. They have to go to the grocery store and they can go to the high end Whole Foods or they can go to the Ralph's and they can understand what it is to plan and what are their life skills they'll need to get through. Um, that is the kind of stuff that's up my alley. I would love to see San Diego Loyal involved in something like that, where kids could go in and learn what it's about to run a soccer franchise, you know, because especially like guys at our level, like these aren't millionaires. These aren't guys that are making $300,000 a week. These are guys who are probably going to have to work again or find another career. You know, John Kempin has his real estate license, you know, he, they're doing other things. So they have to understand real life too, as much as they love soccer. Um, so, you know, getting involved in stuff like that, making sure that people from one community understand the people that are right next door to them. I love San Diego, but we live in bubbles. I do it myself. I I eat at all the restaurants in Point Loma and I go to the different places in Point Loma. Like I don't go as much as I should to Chula Vista or Linda Vista or Carlsbad or Oceanside and spend time with those people. And so uh, the 1886 initiative that we're gonna be rolling out here is highlighting the different communities in San Diego and the different aspects that they can bring and bringing the team to them. So we will run like a practice at a high school or, or an elementary school and let the kids come join that. Um, and then we'll do something in the community and then celebrate that community inside the stadium. Um, those are the things that I'm passionate about. We will be a successful soccer club, um, but, but I'd lo- what I'd like to do is make an impact in our community. Um, I love the Padres and they do some good community work. But I think they could do more. And I think we could be the leader in that. Um, So that's kind of how I see it.
2: The Padres could give out some more runs to the Dodgers. That's community service.
1: Oh God, Chris, not okay here. I'm not even a Padre fan, and I don't do the hate like you do.
3: It's
2: fun. It's just fun. He, He said community service, and I thought that was the best way
0: he could help. <laughs> I mean, Dodger fans are pretty fragile these days, so we, we need to the support Padres. them as much as possible. What's that? The Padres? Nah. Yeah, Padres. We, should
1: do, we should do a loyal night at the Padres. Oh, yeah. Look hey, at that.
0: See? Look at an idea came out. <laughs> at, I go to that.
1: Some, now that some, they're going to be at full capacity, like we are.
0: So. Some San Diego Padres branded colored with the loyal colors. I think I would rock that. No problem. Yeah, the brown would be dope.
3: Yeah, that would be an interesting crossover,
0: right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Um, you mentioned some of the 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 community created um, designs. I know you put out the the poster was really cool. Uh, you guys did the like a mural painting in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really you, hot um, that day.
3: I remember it well. <laughs>
0: Um, and, and this kind of ties in a little bit with the last question about just being out in the community. Um, are there any other plans, uh, in the works to highlight local artists or to get out in the community to create art or, um, and, and bring in other artists to the club?
3: Yeah. So, um, uh, there's kind of two ways to look at that artists. Definitely. So I don't know if you guys saw my, uh, interview with the, with, uh, ABC the other week with the Chicano Federation and one of the things I told them, which we hadn't haven't really made public yet, is that we're going to start building futsal courts uh, around mm-hmm. San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one will be partnershiped with the Chicano Federation. Um, and I would love to find ways to highlight local artistry on those courts, you know, murals on the walls, stuff like that. Um, so that's definitely one way we're going to do it. Um, Another way we're going to highlight people in our community, and I think this is out there now, but we need to do a better job of publicizing it because I want to get the word out, um, is when we have our full opening on 619, we're really going to celebrate that as, you know, big grand opening. Um, We're going to do what we're calling uh, the San Diego Loyal Starting 11, Um, and we're asking you guys, the community, to pick 11 of the most deserving people from San Diego that we should, you know, celebrate and highlight at halftime during that match. I'm not talking about celebrities, famous people, Phil Mickelson, winning the PGA. I'm talking about people working with you in your communities, making San Diego a better place. Um, And that is something we're going to do every single year. Um, We'll celebrate it on that 619 date or the game around, you know, as close to it as possible. Um, and i really look forward to you know not only the submissions but then we want you know it's 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 fan voted on we allow you guys to decide who those 11 people are and then hopefully people will look forward to it you know and and look forward to being one of those 11 each year
0: thanks and we'll definitely do our best to try and promote that as well and that's a great way to highlight the people who are doing the work in the communities and i'm sure it could uh, be people, a teacher right <laughs> Not me, though. I teach music. I'm not a real teacher. Give it to a real teacher. Uh, but, but I do think there's a lot of people who do a lot of work in the community that, you know, get overlooked or they're just kind of doing the work and are, are seen, uh, but not necessarily celebrated. And so I'm I'm really excited to see uh, a lot of people who are out there doing hard work for the community to get recognized for that. So um, we have one more kind of fun question for you. Um I don't watch this sport, but I did watch the Netflix F1 series. And I decided that time watching the season from now on, I'm going to wait for the F1 Netflix go. thing to come out because the drama is <laughs> crazy. And I love the behind the scenes stuff, but who, who do you got for winning F1 this season?
3: Oh man. Well, I mean, it will be interesting to see what happens with Max Verstappen's wing. <laughs> so the back wing on the Red Bull right now, is flexing a little bit. And there are rules against that. It's a fixed part and fixed Mm -hmm. parts aren't supposed to have flex in them. So Mercedes has been complaining. Um, Red -hmm. Bull has been very competitive, very competitive with Mercedes for the start of the season. Uh, Max won his second race of the year at Monaco last weekend. And then uh, Hamilton has won three races, but now Max is ahead of him on points. Um, So if the FIA, the governing body of formula one, comes out and says, you can't use that wing anymore, it will be very interesting to see the performance or, or how it affects the performance of Red Bull. Uh, last season, or I should say two seasons, I think, no, I think it was last season, Ferrari had some something that they were doing that was mischievous. Uh, it had to do with, I think, gas that they were recirculating or something. Um, and somebody, all the other teams complained, they brought it up and then Ferrari got rid of it. And then all of a sudden they had no speed anymore. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens with that. If, if Max keeps that wing and he stays competitive, it could be, a, it could be a very interesting season where Hamilton's finally going to be pushed. Um, what I have learned though, since I started watching formula one is he's going to be hard to beat that guy just knows how to win. Um, and, and he's got such a great car behind him. It's the one thing about motorsports that I have trouble with is that it's so dominant on how much money the teams can spend on their cars. Again, F1 is trying to fix that and create some rules around it. Um, but if if Red Bull can hold its pace and it looks like Max finally has a driver in Sergio Perez that can help him, um, I think Red Bull finally has a chance this year.
0: So I didn't hear an answer. Who do you think is going to win?
3: Ah, Max Verstappen. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I sit so, with helmets i sit with his little helmet on my desk so as a fan good. i always have to pull for my guy but i mean hamilton's won seven years in a row so
0: that's what to ask i was like i know it's a lot but yeah I, I didn't know that many
3: so you didn't ask you're not you didn't ask this part but i'll tell you another story there's a va- very famous motorcycle rider uh Valentino Rossi is his name little italian guy he dominated what's called motogp which is the formula one. Of motorcycle racing, and he dominated with Honda, and they all. The knock on him was, oh, it's it's the bike. They spend the most money. It's the fastest bike. It's the best bike. And so he said, you know what? F you guys. And he went over to the competitor Yamaha, and he dominated with Yamaha, and he took them to winning title after title after title. And so I would love to see Hamilton do that, you know, say, you know what? It wasn't you. It was me. Kind of like Brady did when he went to the Buccaneers like go to another team and prove it that it's really you and not just the car. I think Hamilton could do it if he did that. I don't think he ever will just because why would he? He just keeps winning and winning. winning. <laughs> well, but I thought that was a pretty baller move by that motorcycle rider. He's like, right? well, "You got to
0: have, gotta have yeah. tons of confidence to do that." Yeah. <laughs>
3: and, and then he and then he tried to do that again and go to his uh, go to uh, an Italian made motorcycle company, Ducati, and it didn't happen. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, he was at the back of the pack and he was like oh no and he went back to Yamaha.
1: <laughs> uh cool so um thank you for sharing all your um <laughs> f1 and and moto Gp i think uh yeah, that I think a, that's another sport i'm not in, i'm not into but you never know could always happen um <laughs> we want to know is there anything uh you want to share with the fans before we let you go 100%. Evening?
3: 100%. I appreciate everything that you guys do um, to help amplify what we're trying to do. Um, and then the second part of that is, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate your guys' mindfulness and understanding of the situation. You know, I see a lot of other fan bases, and I'm not just talking to the three of you. Like, I see, you know, the, the haters are there, they have their comments. But I read a lot of wonderful things from people about Stick with it. We're with you. It's San Diego till I die. You know, figure it out. That are behind us. That I can't tell you how much that means to me, and how much your continued support. And when you see me at the stadium, say hi because I want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just and just and just know that we're always listening. We're trying to do our best. Um, we will make mistakes. I ask that you judge us on what we do on the field and what I do with the team off the field. Um, those are the two most important things. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I wanted to finish off.
1: That's a, that's a good message leading into our home opener dose, the second one. Um, so in tradition for FairPod, we always ask where we can find you online. So if you wouldn't mind sharing how we can connect with you or
3: tweet with you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I got to figure out my handle, am I right on this one? I Don't worry, it.
1: just say it. I think I got it.
3: Yeah, I think it's Wired 619. I dropped the DJ from it. Yeah. Yeah. So Wired 619 <laughs> is, is how to find me on Twitter. Um, that's yes. probably the best way. Um, I've decided to keep my Instagram and my Facebook a little bit more private. So I appreciate people asking for friend requests on there, but I'm gonna keep that to myself. Um so really Twitter is the best way we can interact. Um, like I said, I'm here to listen. Um, I'm sure you guys saw there was a gentleman that had some things to say. Um, and Warren and I invited him in and we heard him out and he heard us out. Um, and I think we were both better for it. Um, and I will continue to listen.
1: The mystery continues. You guys know (laughs) who he is. We'll find out someday. (laughs) hopefully. Cool. Well, thank you, Andrew. Do you guys have anything else you want to say to him before we let him go?
0: No, I just want to thank you for your time and your thoughtfulness, um, you've been very generous with your time and your answers and being, uh, open and honest and transparent. Uh, and I think that's something as sports fans that sometimes we don't always get from, uh, some teams that we follow. Uh, and it's refreshing to see, uh, an owner, um, in a front office that's willing to sit down and answer questions, even if they're, you know, tough and uncomfortable, you're uh, you're willing to have those conversations and we really appreciate having an ownership group that is that responsive to the community. And I think it's just gonna continue to build that trust with uh, the people who are following and supporting and just, you know, thank you for your, your time. Um, and we'll uh, let you get out of here in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to kind of follow that sentiment as well.
2: And then also I wanna make sure that, you know, when you're up there in that DJ booth, you got your headphones on like this. You're like, I just want to give a shout out to Fairpaw. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you, you, you guys need to make me a drop, and then I'll just have it on a on a loop button that I can just pop. Okay. It. Nice.
2: We can. Uh, you know what, Marissa can do that
3: for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After hours, we'll record it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate the the kind words there, and um, I just I. One of the eye-opening things for me being on this side of the role as opposed to being the fan is I used to think I knew everything about the team I love. I read every article. I read – you know, I followed the podcast. I listened to all the interviews, this and that. But now that I've been on this side, you guys have no clue sometimes what's going on. I'm not saying that in a mean way or anything like that. There's just so much minutia and so many things that go into some of the decisions that have to be made. So if there's ever a question you not you don't feel like you're getting a straight answer, come to me. Hit my Twitter inbox, and I will do my best to give you the insight that you may be looking for. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds I good. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Andrew. We will see Thank you, you um, on Saturday. Well, I will. Ah. Chris and i Chris will be here soon in the summer. I'll
0: see you in October, <laughs> if not sooner. Yeah, All right. yeah my my tickets just dropped. My tickets just dropped in my inbox right before the the podcast, so Sweetie. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All
3: right, All bye right, Andrew. So
1: I'll, Take
0: I'll care. See you guys you. on Saturday. <laughs> All right, that was fun. Always yeah. Good answers. Um, <laughs> it's always refreshing. I know that there were some questions in there that people have been kind of pondering and wanted to uh, get some feedback on and um, you know, hopefully we'll have some other people from the front office on over the course of the season. We can kind of dig into some other things, um, bringing some coaching staff, maybe when things have kind of settled down and we've hit a groove and we've won three in a row instead of lost four in a row, we can kind of talk about those improvements. Um, so we want to thank Andrew Vasiliadis for coming on. Uh, and again, it's nice to hear that kind of transparency Uh, I know there's probably some stuff that he can't say uh, so we really appreciate that he's been willing to to drop some knowledge on us today Um, and hopefully uh, the folks who are listening to this get some some questions answered or something out of it and feel better about not only the play on the field what's going on in the front office but also what's happening yeah uh, out in the community
1: super excited about that initiative and look forward to hearing more about what that is and We'll see on 619 how that uh, starting San Diego 11 pans out.
0: On Juneteenth.
1: Yes, exactly. It's
0: going to be a big old party. (laughs) Uh, Marissa, where can we find you on the interwebs?
1: You can find me at hashtag Marissa on Twitter and Instagram. Where can we find you, Chris?
2: Man, I thought about changing my Instagram name, but I couldn't come up with a cool one. So um, by Chris Walker on Instagram and Twitter. And I am posting photos on Instagram. So (laughs) get there quick.
1: And you, Alan, where can we find you?
0: Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines.
1: Yay. All right. right. We're out of here. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you at USD or next week. Bye.
0: Bye. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.